Hello and welcome to the Point 99 podcast. We're a running podcast made by runners for runners. If you're new to the podcast or even new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners or listeners out there, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. Hopefully you've all had a fantastic past week, whether you were competing, spectating, training or taking it easy like I was. Hopefully you've had a great one. There were a few events on the calendar this weekend. I'm going to jump onto those in just a minute. Firstly, though, I'll cover what I was getting up to. Running wise, I'm slowly getting back into the feel of it. Many of the regular listeners or anyone who follows my main feed, my private feed, will have seen that I have been in a little bit of a slump lately with a few things, including running but I've put a blog together. I've put it out on the podcast's website on the main reason. Uh, There are a few factors, but rest assured, I am actually feeling good. It was mostly just venting to the aether, to the atmosphere and just getting a lot off my chest and off my mind. I'm a big advocate for practicing what I preach and I have said in the past it's better to get things out there so they're not festering and rotting away in the head. So that's really what it was. That last post that I made, it was really just clearing out some cobwebs and hopefully moving on and making plans um, that we'll maybe talk about in this episode. If not, we will cover it before the end of the season. Many thanks, however, to everyone who checked in on me to make sure I was okay. Honestly, it was mostly just me getting some stuff off my chest, but all your kindness is very much appreciated. Totally not necessary. I wasn't looking for that sort of reaction, uh, looking for any attention or anything. As I say, it's it's better to to practice what I preach, to show that it's okay to get things off your chest. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically it. That being said, with my running, I have bagged a few solid runs over the past couple of weeks. Not really spoken about them much, not really posted much about them, but I am ticking over the legs, kind of getting them stretched out and just making sure that I'm not losing any form of fitness. Nothing crazy on pace, nothing super fast, nothing super easy. It's really just going for a a middle of the road approach and just having fun enjoying myself and just getting back into the feel of it. Like I've just mentioned, I do have a few plans that might be forming, might be on the cards. Previous guest Mike Houston is, of course, a mind reader and has already dropped me a private message on what some of those plans might be. And as I say, I might cover them in this episode towards the end. I might not, um, but I will be covering it before the end of the season if a lot of these plans come into fruition. But again, we'll wait and see and see how things pan out. Away from the mood killer though, and onto something a little bit more positive. So last week I put the question to y'all about the little treats that you 
your spouses or anyone who accompanies you throughout your racing training block or your race day. Look forward to at the end of it all. Honestly, I don't know why are we surprised by the overwhelming answer to that one, but it seems many of you seem to be in agreement that sleep and a well-deserved rest is treat enough. Really, I can't actually agree more now that I think about it. I don't know why it never came to mind to begin with. Certainly, I've been enjoying the rest since Amsterdam It's nice just to not have that pressure to have to go out and do um, runs on your training block. I know we choose to do it, but it is nice just to have the ability to come in from a long day in the office, put on the shoes and just go for a a shorter run, not have to go to do a set distance or a set pace or to do a certain fartlek session or tempo session, just to go out, have a short run, come back in and just enjoy the rest of your evening. I did also get the perspective of a spouse, though, and what they look forward to. They've put it to me in in a, a few different ways, actually. There's a few different things that they personally look forward to as part of the training blocks or the, the culmination of the whole training process and the race itself. So... This input comes from previous guests to the show, Mike Houston, previously the pole fit ultra runner now known as running beyond limits and it's mike's partner heather who's put uh, a good number of points over from a as i say spouse support crew perspective starting off she absolutely loves the event atmospheres especially in and around the event villages the good vibes and the food and drink that's all available at these events can really make a difference and just make that whole process worthwhile. Connected to that is also the adventure. Uh, following Mike and planning out the day, the checkpoints, the things to see and do along the way. Of course, it's, it's a long day supporting someone, supporting all the athletes that are taking part, but it also gives you the opportunity to go places, see and do things while you're waiting for them to get to the next checkpoint. Heather has also said that she loves spending time with awesome people and supporting them too, which just flips back to what I've said there about supporting other participants. She's kind to, to piggybacking on Mike's Insta crew and now claiming them as her friends too. But I think that's a bit unfair on Heather. I, she, no matter what had happened, Heather, you, they would have been your friends anyway because you're awesome. Just the, the amount of support that you gave to everyone at the 24, which I saw firsthand, but also seeing what went down as well and the support that you've given across the wall at the Glen Ogle 33, etc. I mean, these people were going to inevitably become your friends with or without Mike anyway. She loves to see the growth in Mike, especially, and the sheer joy of seeing him achieve the mental things that he uh, always signs himself up to do. He doesn't go for anything straightforward or simple. I think we learned that from Mike himself. He's always signing up for that extra little mile uh, event or something a bit out of the ordinary that the majority of the everyday runners are never going to look at. Now, finally, she loves being inspired by people going out and smashing their goals and having fun doing it. I'm not sure what events you're at, Heather, but most of the time 
people don't look like they're having fun doing it. They, they might claim they are, but throughout it all, it is torture. Um, but as a non-runner, she feels it's inspiring her to look into her own challenges and even signing up for a few events along the way as well, which is really awesome to hear. If you're tuning in now and you weren't aware of that question being put out last week, you weren't able to tune in, no worries. I'm still open to finding out the little treats that you, your partners, your spouses, the people that are connected to you uh, look forward to at the end of a training block or at the end of a running event. So feel free to drop in the DMs, let me know, and I'm sure I can share them in future episodes as well. I am, however, going to queue up another question to keep the interaction train chugging along. Something a little bit different to last week's question, but it's an interesting topic still involved with running and the different types of runners out there. My question this week is, do you use supplements within your nutrition plan? Even if you don't have a nutrition plan, do you use supplements on a daily basis? I'm not talking about anything dodgy here, no banned substances or anything like that. More health and beauty type supplements that will just help your body recover just that little bit faster or that little bit better and get that little bit stronger. Personally, I take a variety of supplements depending on the time of year or what kind of training block I'm taking part in. And it can be a mixture of different things, but for the most part, I tend to take items like magnesium, black pepper, so that's like your cracked black pepper supplements, turmeric, cod liver oil, calcium, vitamin C and vitamin D. All the good things that will help your bones, will help your um, joints, will help reduce inflammation. Occasionally, I might take some collagen to help the muscles. And I'm pretty sure that it helps the muscles kind of knit themselves back together when you've torn them just help you become a stronger, better athlete. I don't always take them, but when I do, I do feel like a little bit of maraca, but I feel that they help. Could just be a massive placebo, but I do feel that they help me. Some of those are recommended daily supplements anyway, especially for any Highland dwelling Scotsman like myself. We're talking about the vitamin D there because I've only recently found out that it is recommended to take almost daily because we don't get enough from our time outside due to the geographics and atmospheres and stuff. I'm not 100% sure on the science of it all, but it is recommended apparently by most doctors to take a vitamin D supplement. Once again, however, I'm going to pop it in the stories as a question, but feel free if you missed that to drop it in the DMs. Let me know what supplements you take if you don't want uh, your name associated with it, if it is a dodgy one, then if, uh, let me know and I will drop that off. But it's, it's nice to find out what people are taking and what makes them feel stronger, recover better, or just generally feel like the engine's purring that little bit better. Now, at this point, I would usually jump on to today's guest. I will be getting on to that in a moment, but I'm just going to take a quick back step here and shout out the absolute legends who smashed the events over this weekend, especially over at the Glen Ogle 33. Uh, a few familiar faces there. Like I mentioned some of them last week, 
I did miss a couple and I felt guilty by that afterwards, but um, I'll shout them out this week as best I can. But we also had a few familiar faces over at New York smashing out the marathon. No matter what event you were taking part in this weekend or this past weekend, as always, massive congratulations and kudos for being superstars. If I've missed commenting on your Instagram posts or missed you on the feed, you know that I'd be there to congratulate you, to help raise you up and help you celebrate an amazing achievement. As I say, no matter what distance you were doing, whether it was a mile running event, a 100 meter sprint, in fact, or a ultra marathon, I hope you had a fantastic time. And as I say, massive congratulations. Just to give a shout out to some of the people taking part. Again, as always, apologies if I do miss you, you're a listener or I follow you and you were taking part in the Glen Ogle 33. Um, I do apologise. Shout at me. Give me a kick up the backside. Do all the things necessary to make me remedy forgetting you or missing you out. First and foremost for me, we have the absolute legend, constant supporter for the podcast and for me, Uncle Lee, better known to the majority of the community as Control-Alt-Delee. Absolutely smashed it out. Another worthy medal for his tattoos on his arm. And uh, I've already made that comment to him. We'll find out where it appears very soon, but it was great to see the legend absolutely smashing out the event over the weekend. Now, he was accompanied by a great list of phenomenal runners within the community, friends alike, people that I've had the joy of meeting throughout my time in the community. So we have the amazing Gies Fowler. Uh, Gies is Gies on the Run. We've mentioned her numerous times in the past I think I'm correct in uh, saying, though, the content that I saw on Instagram, I've not been on much this week, but from what I did see, I believe that she didn't actually get a medal from this event. They ran out of medals, which I find very strange. Not unheard of, but very strange. Given that the Glen Ogle 33 isn't a massive event, and I don't suspect that it was... um, a victim to fake race numbers. So they should have known how many racers they were expecting. You would expect them to have the right number of medals or more, given that a lot of events, and I'm using my experience and knowledge from events like the Inverness Half Marathon or the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon, they usually have more medals than they need, just in case they do have last minute entrance or there's an issue of any kind. Now you'd expect that to have taken place here as well. They were wooden medals. That doesn't take away the the sentiment there. They should have had extra just in case. There has been a rise in fake race numbers, however, at big events, whether it's an ultra marathon, whether it's a marathon. Uh, they are being reported more and more. People buying cheap race numbers. They don't have chips on them, but they are going and taking part in, let's say, a marathon. Um, I, I think Chicago or New York last year come to mind. And they race. It only becomes apparent when there's race photos and you're seeing that number duplicated a couple of times. Now, it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't have taken place in a lot of these events, but it does mean that someone's getting a medal for um, cheaper than everyone else. 
And there's a reason that vents are, are a set amount or set cost because there's a lot to pay for, but they're really taking away the effort from a lot of other people. They're taking away some people's ability to get a medal on race day. So hopefully for Gaze, they managed to get a medal to her very, very quickly. But I don't think it's been a case of fake race numbers at this event in particular. Something for the event organisers, and they'll already know this, to stamp out in the future, make sure they have enough medals. But it really does uh, suck out the enjoyment for those that didn't manage to get a medal on the day. Moving on, however, from the negativity side of, of that to the positives and everyone else that I saw smashing out the event from my limited time, as I say, on Instagram. Now we have the twins. Um, I'm going to class them as the twins. They were dressed very, very similarly. Uh, I assume that was on purpose. If not, it is just a happy coincidence. And we have the smiling pair who are Kaylee, the happy diet and Rachel McPherson, both absolute superstars with ultras just absolutely love taking part in these types of events planning them just as they getting stuck in so they absolutely smashed that out with a smile on their faces and that was great to see throughout the content as i say that i did manage to digest we then also have um quite a few of the guys within the community absolutely blasting out superb finishes we've got mike houston as i see now changing his handle to running beyond limits as always down there and he doesn't normally smile a lot at these events but he looked happy in his own way taking part we had gary runs now gary and actually davy as well were taking part in the glasgow to edinburgh recently which was a horrendous event from a weather perspective now, unfortunately, Davey didn't manage to finish that event just because of just the uh, weather, the different circumstances. Uh, he he was disappointed, but he really took into consideration everything that took place, came back stronger and absolutely smashed out the Glen Ogle 33. And that was fantastic to see. Gary, on the other hand, did do also uh, an amazing job at the Glasgow to Edinburgh. He completed it. Um, absolute warrior pushed through that absolutely atrocious weather and then smashed out the Glen Ogle 33 as well, which is insane seeing how these events are quite close and your body takes a, a long time to recover from the absolute battering that you've given it. So massive congratulations to both those legends for, like, as I say, being superstars and smashing out both of those events. Finally, we have two of the Edinburgh crew I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce his name, even though I have been introduced to the guy in person, but I do follow him and he is absolutely amazing, is Abby McCracken or A.B. McCracken. I'm not quite sure, as I say, I do apologise. Uh, however you say that, I will rectify that in the future. But uh, being that I believe this was his first ultra marathon, he came in an amazing 11th place he was cheered on by and also joined by for a while Jace, the Edinburgh runner. Unfortunately, Jace was unable to complete the event. It was a DNF for, for him, unfortunately. But that was through a, a potential injury taking place. Now, Jace is uh, wise enough to, to know that if you feel that something's not right, there's no point pushing through the pain and potentially scuppering events in the future so jace took the the correct decision to 
pull out from the event, fight to see another day and look forward to his next event instead. So Jace was cheering on all the other athletes. He didn't just disappear and go and sulk. He took he took his place at the sidelines and was cheering everyone on because he's an absolute legend. He's always there for everyone within the community, cheering people on and just raising them up. So massive congratulations to all you guys. Anyone that I've missed, however, let me know. Give me a kick up the backside. I know I've been rambling, but yeah, I'll shout you out in a future episode. It would be unfair of me to shout out the participants of the Glen Ogle 33 and not help celebrate the amazing cheer squad who were down to pat everyone on the back, cheer them on and give them a much needed smile on their face at the tough sections. We've of course got the aforementioned Heather, Mike Houston's partner, and she was joined by the lovely Karen and Elodie. They were on a little adventure from what I could see, enjoying the sights, the sounds, the atmosphere and just the geography of the area. It did look like they had an amazing time, not only supporting everyone, cheering them on, but a good old time themselves as well. And we also had Nikki, who was in attendance there to help cheer everyone on as well. I didn't actually see Nikki's content. I did see some of the stuff on her stories, but it's always amazing that people are able to get along to these events where they're not getting anything uh, material out of it, but they are getting the memories. They're getting it, the good vibes. They're helping raise people up. They're just being fantastic members of the community. So Massive kudos to you guys for being there. Anyone else that was in a cheer squad that I haven't mentioned? Again, same as the participants, shout at me, hit me with a big stick and give me a kick up the backside and I will correct that. Another ultra event that was on at the weekend was the Golspy Backyard Ultra. I'm fully aware of a few local runners that were taking part, none of whom I believe listen to the podcast could be uh, mistaken there, but I don't believe they do. But there were other members of the community who may listen, may not. I don't recall any of their names at the moment, but I do remember that there are a few faces from the Greenock sort of area, Central Belt, Scotland, who were coming up to take part at Gullsby. My sensei, I would say, the... A chap that always seems to be at events that I I head along to more recently. Um, John White was in attendance as well, and it was fantastic to see how he got on on Strava. Unfortunately for John, he wasn't able to push as far as he might like. Now, him and his partner have been amazing at the Loch Ness 24 in the past two years, coming in second in the mixed pairs. But unfortunately, he had some difficulties uh, with his legs. I think it was his knees, maybe his calves. And he did the sensible thing, just like Jace at Glen Ogle, and stepped back, came out of the, the laps at around about seven laps, which wasn't his target. But at the end of the day, he did an amazing job to get that number in, especially being that had signs of difficulties around about lap four or five, I believe. I personally had considered heading along to not only cheer squad, but take part. In reality, I forgot it was on, um, so I didn't go and cheer. But uh, taking part 
I drilled that out because it was quite close to the recovery from Amsterdam and I don't know if I could have actually given it my all, but fingers crossed it takes place again next year. It looked like it had a fantastic turnout. The uh, participants absolutely smashed it and they had a great day. The weather was actually quite nice for a change. Um, So fingers crossed it takes place again in the future and I will certainly consider heading along and throwing my hat into the ring. Finally, and sticking on the topic of ultramarathons, I'm going to take a second to shout out Ryan Miller of the Press Play and Run podcast, who will be taking part in his first non-stop ultra this weekend at the Dava Way 50k. I say it's his first non-stop ultra. He did an amazing job at the Loch Ness 24 as well. I know I've made reference to it a couple of times in this episode, but he did smash it out. He was very unsure on actually the distance he would do at that event because it's laps. You're not doing that full distance in a one-er. You're breaking it down over the course of the 24 hours. So you do get a little bit of a rest. It's not quite the same as abusing your body for 50k. So I am fully supporting Ryan. He's going to do an amazing job. As long as he gets over the little obstacles of his mind, kind of, um, I know he's had difficulties in the past with Devil of the Highlands and injuries and bits and pieces and being unsure of it. But Ryan, if you're listening, you're going to do an amazing job. Keep the head in the game. Unfortunately, I won't be there to cheer you on. That was the plan. And unfortunately, it is my mother's 60th on Tuesday so I have things to be getting on with organising it's just a timing issue but Ryan will undoubtedly be doing events in the future ultras, marathons etc and I will be hoping to get down to as many of those as possible cheering on the legend but fingers crossed you absolutely smash it this weekend my man fully believe you will but yeah as I say keep the head in the game and all the hard work you've been putting in will carry you to a phenomenal result. After all of that information, the absolute ramble for the last 20 odd minutes, it's almost like I've been joined by Runnerman Steve again. Um, Let's move on and get to this week's guest. So this week I am joined by someone a little bit different to the usual members of the running community. Shouted him out, uh, made the announcement at the end of last week's podcast, but I am in fact joined by a member of my family for this week's conversation. You can hear in the chat, he's very nervous. It's the first time doing anything like this. He is very outgoing. He's not shy at all, but in this context, he was very, very nervous. And in fact, you can probably hear some in my voice as well during the conversation. Um, It was early on in the pre-recordings, so I I really hadn't settled into a nice rhythm. It was quite fast talking as usual. And just the excitement of speaking to someone that I've known very well for a very long time. Within the conversation, we are also able to cover topics that I've not been able to cover with other members of the community, maybe because they've been running for a long time. They don't remember exactly how they got going or how it felt on the early days. Now, Michael is very early on with his running. He is also very early uh, with the club that he is now a member of. 
So part and parcel of both of those, it's also great to be able to share the perspective of an LGBTQ plus member of the community. It's not to say that any guest that I've had on in the past hasn't also been a big advocate or a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, it's just not a question that I've asked because at the end of the day, people's life choices are life choices. As long as it's not hurting me, what should that matter? But in Michael's case, I do know uh, his background. I, I know uh, he had um, some confidence issues with running and now having this club. And we do cover in a discussion having the club that is LGBTQ plus inclusive. And really, that's their, that's their main thing as well. It's great for him to feel at home and have the community around him to help him smash it and kind of progress he is a very, very good runner. Uh, so at that, I will let the conversation do the rest of the talking. My previous guests regularly start out as strangers from the depths of the Instagram running community. I'm glad to say in the majority of cases, they don't stay that way for long, having had the privilege of meeting many of them in person since. My guest today, however, is a little bit different. Where sometimes friends can become close enough to feel like family, today's guest doesn't have to cross any such boundary, being an actual member of my wider family. Growing up in a fairly sporty family with siblings highly decorated in martial arts and subsequent forays into running themselves, he has shown no signs of following suit until recently. So in an effort to find out more about his change of pace and seemingly newfound love for running, whether it's a means to maintain a lifestyle or a lifestyle overhaul, I'm pleased to welcome my little cousin to the podcast today. How's it going, Michael? Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm doing really good, thank you. That was a lovely way in show there, thank you. He's, he's admitted in the in the pre-chat for record for the recording that he's never listened to a pod, one of the episodes, so <laughs> it's new to him, and I know it's usually an ego booster, but that, that's a little bit less ego boosty, kind of ego boosty, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I'll definitely be adding it to the podcast list. <laughs> You've had a good week so far? So far, so good. Um, it's been all all go. I've been at work this week. It's the busiest time of the year for me at work. And um, I'm also uh, back at uni. I'm doing my, well, working full time I'm also doing my master's part time uh because you know I'm a glutton for punishment like <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that classes started again today so yeah it's been really hectic week but I mean I'm always one of those people that likes to be constantly busy so so far so good um and yeah can't complain how my week's going have you been out for a run so far this week not so far this week, but I have a run tomorrow night that I'll be doing. So tomorrow night, I am signed up for a 45-minute 10K. You'll have fun with that. I mean, the first time I did a um, scheduled 45-minute 10K run, that was only a, a couple of months ago. And the first time I did it, I was like, oh, my God, I absolutely hate this <laughs> <laughs> running with these um other um people who were just able to run quite the thing hold a conversation with one another and here's me at the back of the group like dying to catch 
gray. It's in the middle of the summer. I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate this. Now, a couple of months down the line, I'm like, oh, this is fine. This is grand. Yeah, it gets easier, doesn't it? But yeah. I suppose, yeah, you're you're very early on in, in, in your, I'm, I won't call it a journey because I've, I've been listening to other podcasts and a lot of people are kind of like, they don't like that terminology, but it's early. It is early on in your journey, but it's early on in your in your running uh, endeavor. I'm going to give a little bit of background context and you like definitely correct me on any of this because you're a little bit younger than I am. We've not had much of a crossover in, well, I was going out of secondary school as you were coming in. So I don't know what your sporty background was, but we'll paint a little picture. Um, so unless I've missed something, you were, you were never really that sporty growing up, whereas both your brother and sister were, um, Again, I think I'm correct in thinking Gems was European junior female judo champion, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. She went to, <clears throat> I think it was 98 or 97, she went to Cyprus to compete um, for that. Yeah. Um, I so and she's obviously got other judo accolades to her name as well. Um, but yeah, 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 that's that's right, I would say. So she she had that and then she moved on to running in more recent years, um, having been a multi-time marathon runner herself as well. Uh, whereas your brother, he's now um really in depth with his weightlifting, although he's doing that more for himself and body sculpting, he might take it further, but Again, he's he has been a runner, not that he's done it seriously, but he's been a whippet of a runner as well. So he'd turn up at events that your sister was running at and just like without much effort and without any training, as I say, just like floor this event. And he, he could have he could actually have been really successful, I would say, if he'd given it time and thought and, and then not just uh, just wing it just for fun. Yeah, because I think there was a time um, Gem and Will were, well, I think it was the Nairn 10K or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, it was Gemma the Nairn, comes to mind. And um, obviously Gemma had done all her training and for this, um, and Will just decided just to, oh, I'm just going to into that. <laughs> and they were going to run with each other. And apparently, from what I heard, um, it was a case of the race started and Will just went, zoom, and sped on. He did, and there's... Uh... I, I wasn't at that one, but um, my brother Stuart, he he was there, and he did say it's a bit of a bit of a nasty start, and like a bit of a hill, and they just him and Will just took off, and uh, Will got us like a phenomenal time, but yeah, I, I can't say it'd be particularly fast now. Not that big muscular people aren't fast, mm. but the amount of muscle he's put on, he's probably going <laughs> to slow himself down a little. But between between those two, Will was into judo as well, quite seriously when he was younger, and. You never really had that side of things. Um, you did. Did you do gymnastics maybe when you were younger? Um, no. Well, see, yeah, Gem and Will had judo growing up. Will then dabbled a bit in rugby, then yeah. was in football. Um, and then Gemma kind of took on the running in a very serious form. But growing up, I was never really into any particular team sport or individual sport. Um, I mean, I was always out and active, out mm. in bikes, um, out in the street, um, and PE at school was literally the most of it. I think the furthest I progressed in PE was um, doing standard grade PE, and even then that surprised mum and dad, so they thought I <laughs> yes. genuinely thought I was going to take on art. I was like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, but then always trying to keep myself fit and active uh, throughout the year. So um, in school, I would go to spin class with um, some friends after school and then it moved into uni where I just go to the gym really and that's how it how it's always kind of been for myself either to go to the gym swimming and that's how I keep myself fit but I never really had myself attached to a particular sport that I would do I wasn't part of a team or anything like that I think um Gem and Will definitely had that growing up I think I was more so the less outgoing growing up as, as the three of us um but more so I think I don't know playing the PlayStation or the Nintendo yeah. or just focusing on the studies to go to uni and all that but no I, I would always try and keep myself fit so gym uh, swimming that sort of stuff but never an actual particular sport itself but you've also not really been I suppose I maybe not haven't seen so much of that and with the rise of Strava now it's not as if you were like shouting it from the rooftops either so quite a lot of that was under the radar so that's why I wouldn't have seen it so I, I didn't realize you were at the gym as much but the, that's quite that's so you, you've all you've yeah you've kept saying because you're, you're quite a slim build anyway as well so you must have been doing something to maintain that because you do have a bit of a party boy lifestyle don't you it's, you, you do like to go out and yeah. you must have been doing something to, to maintain that that slender kind of oh, physique absolutely so <clears throat> For a while, it would be um, get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to the gym before work. I would try and do that two or three times a week. If I couldn't maintain that, then it would be um, swimming. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I um, live and work in the city centre of Glasgow, I've never had the need for a car. No. Um, if I stayed up north in all then absolutely I would have been, you know, driving about. But living where I am, I've got the benefit as well that I can just basically go and walk anywhere I need to in the city centre. And so I've always naturally kept myself active like that. Um, and I think it's just because because I'm not never really had an Apple Watch or Garmin or anything like that. When I did go to the gym before work or even at the weekend or go swimming, it was never something I thought, oh, I'm going to post about this or anything like that. Yeah. The, the only time I did start to maybe post a little bit about it was um, probably um, 2019, before we went into lockdown, um, I got myself a PT. Um mm-hmm just to try and keep myself motivated because I was doing a lot of um, cardio at the gym and it can get very boring, it can get very mundane and repetitive and so got myself a a PT just to try and mix up, learn how to use the free weight section, learn how to do different exercises without obviously injuring myself or looking like an absolute idiot in the gym for picking up a dumbbell and you know with all the weights (laughs) falling over (laughs) Um, and I think that's when I because I start to see some changes in body shape like toning up a bit more um I was like okay yes I like this maybe I do want to post a little bit about that and then obviously lockdown happened and that all kind of came to a sudden stop so the runs that you posted were they just the runs as they happened and you 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 were just logging them or as I say were, were you doing runs and not logging them and not take, taking much interest in times and 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 etc that side of things 
at that point, it was just intermittent runs mm. as and when I felt like it because because there would be times where I'd be like, oh, I know the gym's going to be really busy and I really just can't be bothered getting a gym bag sorted out, going down to the gym. Then if it's busy, can't be bothered with it. And sometimes it is just easier to motivate myself just to put on a pair of shorts and t-shirt, a pair of trainers and just go out for a run occasionally. Um, and because... I've got the benefit of living down by the Clyde side as well. I don't have many roads to have to contend with or it's quite nice and long and straight. Um, so it was just very intermittent at that point because at times it was just easier to motivate myself for that. And I wasn't really overly fussed of what sort of time I was maybe hitting or how far I was going. It was just um, just a case of just to get out and do some form of exercise. If I can't make it to the gym, I still want to do something. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of um, Penny from the Big Bang Theory when she <laughs> and um, herself and Leonard went for a run and she's like, he's like, oh, what do you do? She's like, oh, I just go for a run, then I'll stop and have a hot dog and then I'll just walk back. I wasn't really taking it seriously at all. It was just to do some exercise, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say at this point, I'm surprised there that you you go to the, you were going to the gym and not doing the obligatory gym selfie, being that you do the the obligatory lift selfie all the time. <laughs> I mean, as much as um, I would love to do the obligatory gym selfie, I think you've got to have a certain body type to convincingly get away with that in a busy gym. Yeah, um, now, Mike, I know you are not shy and I've seen half the stuff you wear. <laughs> you are not fair, afraid to take a photo of, of wearing very little, let alone in a gym. I was about to say with a recent red speedo photo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I think the, the thing with going to the gym as well and this I've heard from other friends as well who have tried to maybe go to the gym and then maybe not being able to stick it out is there's also that that confidence that sometimes you feel you need to have in the gym there's because it's a very public setting um some people have do get quite hung up about that um especially if you are feeling self-conscious about your body or how you exercise and then you're seeing all these people around you buff guys which do you find it quite a when you were going to the gym I don't know if you're still going that much um and this is going to cross over to your running club do you find did you find and do you find the gym quite a, a hetero heavy uh, place do you feel that's a, that's maybe an influence on it or maybe not so much oh, it's just because of the size of the, the people that are there I think it's definitely that's that narrative definitely does play into it mm -hmm. um when you're a tall lanky skinny person like myself um and you're it does sometimes play into that anxiety yeah. that you can sometimes have um where you're like oh I just don't feel like I'm feel like I fit in here sort of thing um I, I definitely don't feel like this is the right place for me because you see yeah, these, yeah. these these other guys and they're pushing all these weights but at the same time they all started from oh, they all had to start somewhere as well yes. they probably had some of their own anxieties that they've worked through um so and even yeah. still these big guys are coming to room and they, they're maybe not the biggest guy in the room and they're thinking yeah. oh I feel small compared to that so I, th I think that's probably quite a common that's a, co a common thought process for a lot of people going to the gym is mm -hmm. 
they're body conscious. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing yeah, there definitely. because you're, you um, are very built like me. I just, I've recently referred to myself as, as long, lanky, noodly appendages. And <laughs> it's very much like that. We're tall, we're very thin, and our arms and legs are like, <laughs> it, it, it's like a shaved giraffe, isn't it? It's very long yeah. and, and lanky. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so this is where I think, I mean, I only joined a, a running club this this year, um, only a couple of months ago. But I definitely, and I, I don't know if it's because it is a LGBT inclusive running club and that's how it is, mm-hmm. um, that's the focus of the club, that it does just create this natural safe space uh, to put it um where you do feel less anxious wanting to be around people and exercise with them at the same time so fast forward to to joining the club what was the mindset that brought you to to then think right i need to i need to do this a little bit more seriously or mm-hmm. i want to do this a little bit more seriously what what was the cause of, of that or was it just a natural progression? You're thinking, no, running's more for me than than maybe going to throw in weights around. So um, I think it was a, a multiple factors. Um, so like I said, I had a PT and then lockdown happened. So all that progress I made suddenly stopped. Um, and when we were in lockdown number one, it was a fabulous summer. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. And because I live in a flat, I, I didn't have the benefit of having a garden of my own to, to sit out in and enjoy it. So um, at the time when you were allowed your one designated exercise um, of the day outdoors, initially during lockdown, it was... Well, I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going mm. to buy a bottle of wine. And then after a wee while, I was like, right, this is getting a bit out of hand. I need to start doing something than just going to the shop on a daily basis to buy wine. There's something more to do in life than just getting tipsy daily during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, all the hard work that I had done up to that point, albeit wasn't big changes, maybe to someone that was doesn't see me all that often but I could see incremental changes in my body I was like right I've just lost all of that I want to get some form of fitness back into myself so during lockdown it was a case of right I'm going to start going on runs because it, it was great because the roads were empty so there was one point I was running along the expressway um wow <laughs> just because you could there was no traffic I mean um obviously not going onto the slip road up onto the M8 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I would get into trouble um but you could easily run along the expressway if you wanted to um and yeah it was it just felt good to get out and exercise and because I was in the house working all day and then you're in the house all night and you you were getting cabin fever so it felt great just to get out go for go for a run and get around Glasgow and that's when I started to post more on my Strava because it was like right I'm actually doing pretty good at this mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying it and then I was starting to do it every other day during lockdown um and that's where it was like right I really um and starting to get into this and like it anyway we, we got out of lockdown rejoined the gym and um rejoining the gym confirmed to me that was like no this is not right for me this is not the exercise that I'm really enjoying anymore I definitely prefer doing the running um mm-hmm. so kept it up 
and ended up deciding to quit the gym. Um, and I think also going to university um, helped kind of just seal the deal for me that quitting a gym was the right thing to do at that point because in my opinion, I was like, well, I'm working full-time, I'm doing a master's degree part-time. Most of my evenings are consumed at the moment with studying. My Saturdays, my Sunday afternoons consumed with studying. So I don't have much free time. And when I do have free time, I need to dedicate that to the dog. What little social life I can hold on to at that point. I just don't have time to fit in a gym routine and justify that membership. Exactly. Yeah, it's money down the drain effectively at that point. Exactly. So for me, it was, well, what can I do? to still exercise and because I had been enjoying running so much it was like well that's not going to cost me anything I just need to make sure I buy a decent pair of trainers and I've got shorts and t-shirt and there we go and that's how I progressively got more into it because it was the only outlet that I had at that point to exercise and stay fit um for when I did start to um take running more seriously during lockdown um I did want to join the front runners then um which was this is the the group that I'm now a part of the running club and it took it took me literally until the summer there to join it from when I first started taking running more seriously during lockdown it's taken me all those years to do it um so you've done the research then, you knew of them, it was getting that confidence. And again, it surprises yeah. me, it surprises me because you, you are seemingly um, quite outgoing. Um, yeah. But I suppose there's always the two sides of someone, what you see and what, what actually is in reality. So you've done your research on them. You knew that they were LGBTQ uh, inclusive. They, are they LGBTQ inclusive or is it predominantly they are LGBTQ and, and anyone that's maybe not falls into that kind of criteria can still go oh yeah um so it's um it's the latter there so for example um if any um anyone who identifies as heterosexual and identifies themselves as an ally they they can join the group it's not restricted to just mm-hmm. if you identify as lgbtq um q plus um q it, plus, yeah yeah um so for example um, if if you wanted to um, join or if you know any other heterosexual allies down here who wish to join, they can do so long as they uphold the values of the club and yep. what we stand for, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's we're all guilty of it that we put a side of ourselves on social media that we want everyone to see. We'll portray a vision of how we want to the rest of the world to see us on social media um but for a wee while I was terrified of wanting to of joining this club yeah um, and it's nothing to do with the fact that they were intimidating or scary looking people <laughs> <laughs> it's just a comfort zone isn't it because you've been used to running on your own and then the idea of running with other people and you're probably thinking to yourself Am I too slow for them? Am I going to be too fast for them? Will will I click with some runners? Or exactly. am I better just staying on my own? Exactly. Absolutely. And um, there's a, quite a social side to the running club as well. And what, what goes through your head as well is like, well, am I going to click with them? Am mm. I going to get along with them? Will they like me? What if they don't like me? And 
and what if I'm not included? And it's just these silly little um, thoughts that go through your head. So that used to play on me for ages. Um, but then eventually, um, with when I decided to enter into the um, men's 10K this year, that was my first race that I did. Yeah. Um, when I entered that, I was like... Oh, just do it. What what is holding you back? Um, you and it was just I needed to kind of give myself a wee talk down about this. It was like, right, you've managed to accomplish all of this so far. Um, be it running with work, academically. Um, there's so many things in my life that I have go- gone through and achieved. What is genuinely holding you back with this now? And the whole argument of oh what if I don't click with people or what if they don't like me or that 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 little anxiety it's like well I moved to Glasgow 10 years ago and I've made a life for myself down here I've got friends and different circles and it's like well you you can do this you, you can do you can join and make pals with people and be part of this community and lo and behold all those little anxieties I had were nothing. It was just probably the it's best. It's just thing. the mind, isn't it? It's just you, you're it overthinking. And yeah. that would have been a conscious decision once you'd finished the 10K think, you know what, I've just done this. And nah, sod it. Let's just join. Because yeah. you were on that runner's high and you thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. Exactly. So the week off the men's 10K is when I joined the front runners and I had one person from the club message me to be, to be like, though, so glad you finally made the decision to run you know, because they've, they've seen the Strava posts that I've, uh, Strava stories that I've shared to my Instagram. Yeah. So they're like, well, we've, I've seen your runs and it's about time you've joined this. I'm really glad you've done it. I was like, oh, brilliant. And then when I did the men's 10K, um, I surprised myself um, with um, just the fact that runner's high that you do get um, mm. because... The front runners, if you're not taking part in the run, they like the other members to be part of cheer squads. Yes. So I'm coming up for the finishing lines. I'm running into George Square. And all I hear is this group of people going, come on, Michael, you can do it. And all this. I'm like, <laughs> wait, they're cheering me? Yeah. And because they're wearing, all wearing their red, t- their red front runner t-shirts and hoodies. And they're like, come on, you can do it. And I'm like... I've not even met them yet and I'm getting cheered. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes such a difference, doesn't it? To know that and it, it could be people, even even people that you don't know, just spectators. That gives you such a, a, a physical boost when you're yes. running. It absolutely does. Um, knowing, even just knowing that you've got someone waiting for you. Yes. At, at the finish line. So um had my boyfriend David was waiting for me and you know my uh, best friend Amy she mm-hmm, was waiting for mm-hmm. me as well I mean you've met Amy she's a she's a loud guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need a <laughs> megaphone to cheer you on exactly um so <laughs> just having that support there it really does boost you on that you're like no I can do this I've got this and you you too you feel really good about yourself once you've done it and um, you, you joined, you say you joined that weekend, you, you bit the bullet and you joined and yeah. it's, there's not been any looking back since because you you have done the, the outrun, which uh, the, it's a five miler, I believe, that's run by front runners, is it? Yes. So it's done every, it's done every August and it's hosted by Glasgow front runners. 
and it's open to it's open to anyone really um and what we have is other frontrunner groups who come along so this year we had Aberdeen frontrunners, Dundee, Edinburgh, Newcastle, Leeds, Manchester and London frontrunners all come, uh, well, in various groups from those cities come up uh, to do the run. I think there was about 400 people in total that did it. Um, awfully humid day. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you've been around Kelvin Grove Park, quite yes. a hilly park. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Um, and what we were doing was we were raising money for TIE. So TIE is a Time for Inclusive Education. So this charity works with the government, it works with local authorities, and, um, <clears throat> and for example, in England, the Department of Education. And basically what the, the aim of this charity is to do is to make sure education going forward is more LGBT inclusive. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the the obvious stuff such as sex education, because obviously that doesn't get that element of sex education does not get taught in schools. No. But other forms of education as well. So for example, um history. Um <clears throat> so if you're doing uh, World War II history, there should be elements of Alan Turing and the role that he played in breaking the Enigma machine, but actually the fact that Alan Turing was a homosexual. Yes. Um, and because of this brilliant mind, it helps, you know, turn the tide of the war for the UK. So it's all these sorts of um, different parts of our queer history. It gets um, whitewashed out, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, or with sex ed or with politics. So the, the purpose of this charity is to help work this into the curriculum. Yeah. Um, so we're raising money for that. I actually don't know how much we raised, but I did take the Friday afternoon before that off work to do a load of baking because there was a bake sale for that and you know i love a you bake. love a bake you do you, bake. i'm surprised you've not been on bake off yet michael <laughs> uh funny funny that i've had a few other people say that and i mean they always <laughs> need someone to go out and week one i could volunteer <laughs> not at all and not at all um so yeah, the, the outrun was a brilliant event. Um, so we did a group warm up, and then we did the run. Um, horrible hill at the start of the run, um, and then we went along the um, Kelvin the Kelvin Way, and then back on ourselves. It was really annoying because at one point I didn't tie my lace properly, so I had to stop and tie my lace, Aww. which was really frustrating. Um, but then when we got back into Kelvin Grove Park, another hill you had to go through, and that second hill almost mm. killed me. It was just, oh, felt horrid at that point. I was like, when will this race end? Um, but I was really quite surprised when I when I finished that, that I finished at 35 minutes on, on the door. I was like, wait, what? That, yeah. That can't be right? Um, so I was really, really pleased with, with that time. Um, and that's when one of my friends from the group then started to talk to me about well if this is what you could do in Kelvin Grove Park in these conditions maybe you should try this event that we're doing next year called Endure 24. (laughs) Um, And I was like all right tell me more and they're like oh it's a it's a five mile um like like the outrun it's um five miles um or eight kilometers um 
run and it's a really basically a really run <clears throat> that we do as a team so and they're like it's done over 24 hours and I was like right okay I was like when is it and they're like oh well it's in June next year and immediately the first thing I said was no I can't do that <laughs> like, why is that? I was like well I'll be in I was like I'll be in the throes of writing a dissertation at that point I'm coming to the end of my master's I'll be writing a dissertation I said like, I will not have the time to be able to commit to that and they literally got told, well, Michael, just take your laptop down and you can work on it in between your runs. Because if you do a team of five and there's, what, five of you in that team and we say average 30 to 35 minutes a lap, then, you know, that gives you, you know, at least an hour and a half to two hours that you could work on your dissertation in between your laps. I'm like, don't talk logic to me. <laughs> I'm not sure you'll get much in the way of, of dissertation writing. I, done. Know. Um, I know. I mean, we've already had this. You, you've already preemptively said you might you might look for a little bit of, of my experience because having done two 24-hour events uh, mm. already. Mm. Um, and like I said before, I, I, I am interested by Endure 24, maybe even as a solo. Um, but it's like you've mentioned with the, the cheer squad. That's inevitably what will happen at that event. You will you'll blast out your your laps and you will love them. You might hate them at the time, but you'll love them yeah. when you finish. And then you'll have such a great time cheering on your fellow runners. Yeah. How many people are we talking in your team? So it'll be five people on a team is what the aim is at the moment. Um, but what I have been reassured was um, because there was a couple of front runners that did it last mm. uh, time. They, um, what they were saying to me was five is ideal because you get some recovery. Um, and especially when it goes into during the night when it gets a bit cooler, yes. um, it's, it's sort of an ideal group size to have. Um, and I was also reassured as well that this course in Leeds isn't as hilly as uh, what Pelham Grove Park is so it feel easier to run it yeah it might be I mean, I'll have to, I'll check it out but probably maybe one spicy hill I think these sorts of events loves giving you at least one spicy hill yeah from the knowledge I do have it there is a bit of forestry a bit of a bit of non-forestry isn't there mm-hmm. yes yeah. so being in June you'll have to watch out for humidity and fingers yeah. crossed you don't get absolutely torrential rain like we had at the Loveness Way 4 but you'll you'll have an interesting time with that. And it's five people's really good. Like you say, it gives you time to rest in between your laps. Yeah. Uh, and it's not too many that it's going to be a lot of people and a, and a lot going on. It's mm-hmm. five people in, 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 in and out. So um, no, that, that'd be really cool. And uh, being local as well, even if I don't take part, I'll come down and chew you on. Yeah. So I think we're just getting the team finalized. Um, I was added to a WhatsApp chat and I think... <laughs> There was 10 people in this chat and I think one team has been finalised and this other team that I'm part of, I think we're just finalising who's definitely wanting to do it and then get them get the money organised for entering. So um, watch this space and I'll definitely let you know when we've definitely entered into it. Um, but I think that aside, I think what I'm definitely wanting to gear myself up for to try and do at some point um, is to get a half marathon under my belt and work my way up to that next. So, because I can definitely, it's easy enough, I think it's easy enough now to batter out a 10K. So I think mm-hmm. the half marathon is the natural progression for me. For it, it certainly is. Now, our, our caveat, our, our conversation just now is about six, seven weeks before the episode's actually out. So mm-hmm. we'll cover the, the half marathon plans in a second, but you've got a run this weekend. 
Yes. So this weekend, it's the um, Great Scots Run mm -hmm. um, here in Glasgow. So I'm going to be doing the 10k race. There's a, a good number of front runners coming to do that. And they're organising where the cheer squads are going to be along the route as well. So that's really good. So that'll help keep me going throughout it and the other front runners as well who are doing it. Um, so that's Sunday morning and we start at George Square and then going up straight away that lovely hill that's St Vincent Street. So. Yeah, I was about to say a spicy hill. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the part that I'm really looking forward to doing is going across the Kingston Bridge. Um, I think that's going to be such a unique part of the run to, I mean, I've been over the bridge hundreds of times in, in a car or a bus or a taxi, um, but never been on that bridge and fit before so that's going to be quite a nice wee part to do on the run I think um again that's going to be a bit of an incline going along the expressway up onto the bridge so but I'm really looking forward to it um I'm just hoping the weather holds out and then go along the Kingston Bridge down across the Squinty Bridge and then along the Clyde side and then we're just up at Glasgow Green to finish. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good one. Um, and like with any race, there's always a night out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that the, the Glasgow Green ending always looks so amazing when you see the footage of it and the photos. Mm -hmm. And just a gen generally, the, the route, it, it does look like you're going to have a great, a great time. Fingers crossed. Yeah, the weather hopefully will, will hold out, but there is a storm on the way. I've got to run this weekend myself. So it's it's, it's praying that it, it either blows through really quickly because you could be absolutely, Kingston Bridge could be amazing, but then you could be just so open to the elements there and absolutely yeah. battered. Yeah. Um, I believe for the people doing the half marathon, their route has been altered because of roadworks down in the south side. Okay. So I know some of the... The, the people in the group were talking about that and they're trying to figure out if that's going to be to their advantage or not. But the 10K route, so I'm looking forward to that. So it'll be a good one. I'm my, my right thinking the half marathon. Again, I, I, I'll i probably check this out, but it's usually televised um, or bits and pieces are usually televised of the, of the Great Scottish Run, aren't they? And does the half marathon or did the half marathon go out towards a borough collection? Up in the past? Yes. So go down to a uh, Pollock Country Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and go round there and then back up on itself. Um, so I'm not quite sure what the diversion is um, or how much of the diversion is, but it usually goes down to uh, that part of the south side and then back up to the Squinty Bridge. Well, that'll be that'll be one for next year. But 10k in mind. What's the plan of attack? Is it just to go and have fun, enjoy it, or are you, are you going and pushing your pushing your boundaries and seeing what you can do? So when I did my first 10k, um, <clears throat> timed one with uh, the men's 10k. Yeah. My time for that was 48:28, which I was quite pleased about, <clears throat> uh, considering it was the first race that I'd done. But I would like to improve on that, considering now that. I'm getting more into the being able to consistently do the 45 minute 10Ks and not feel that I'm about to die at the yeah. very end. Um, I can comfortably do a 45 minute 10K now. So I would quite like to definitely improve on the 4828 and see if I can get closer to, to 45. Um, I think the challenge that I'm maybe going to find is um, you've been with the front runners, you're, you've got a job leader and they set the pace. So you're always running at their pace. Um, so 
for myself, I'm not going to have someone from the group that I'll be running with potentially who is a jog leader that runs at a particular pace. I'm going to have to work on that myself. Um, Don't worry so much about that. Again, this is this is going to this is going to be so outdated by the time it comes out. But there are jog. There, there will be timed uh, pacers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that maybe is in the 10K, but it's certainly in half marathon or so. And I, I would imagine 10K is the same. Yeah. Stick to one of them. There will be a 45 minute pacer. If there's a pacer, it will be a 45 minute pacer. And yeah, use that and, and, as your as your as your jog leader. Yeah, because I remember seeing them at the men's 10K. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I'll keep an eye out and then work up to that. Because I know with the the men's 10K, I started off slower and then at the second half of the race i managed to speed up um, that's the, that's ideal that's the best way of yeah. doing it that's what you're meant yeah. to do yeah so um i think definitely with tackling st vincent street first that yeah. i started slower and then work up build up from that um so yeah um just yeah improve on the 48 28 and see how much i can improve on that i think is what the goal is but just still enjoy it at the same time um because I am thoroughly enjoying this now and I don't know if it's because it's getting me out or the fact that I know if I'm having a bad day at work or a bad week at work or I'm getting a bit stressed out with uni, I always tend to find now, even just going out for a run, um, it's such a good way just to physically vent without, you know, screaming or anything it just you yeah. can run and work it out your system and you feel good afterwards and then yeah and, and that's you you you've missed a lot of this. so season two i focused a lot with with each guest or a, a, as much as i could of the mental health side of 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 running and how it benefits people but you've you've covered that just certainly exactly as a lot of other people say running is as an outlet in a way it, it it's not um it doesn't substitute anything for mental health it doesn't take away but it's an outlet that helps you cope with other parts of your life oh yeah and um absolutely and um the benefits of it are are just great um and I also think one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it so much is because yes I'm part of this running club but I I feel like I'm more part of a community rather than a running club Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like to me It's, it's a community that you're part of and there's different faces. You've always got the usual faces each week, but you sometimes see a turn of different faces each week and you just get along with everyone. We're all so welcoming with each other, all really supportive of each other. Um, and it just makes the whole experience so much more enjoyable. So, With community then in mind as well, um, have you considered opening up your Instagram or creating an Instagram profile specifically for fitness and and more becoming more inclusive of the the greater run community or is that something that you're maybe not so interested in at the moment I don't think it's something that I'm so I'm not quite as interested in yet I think Mm -hmm. because I'm still at the early stages of taking this more seriously and getting more into it I just want to focus focus on that yeah focus on that and make sure that I'm that I'm not neglecting other parts of my of my life as well um, because I do have quite a range of other hobbies as well such as as you know yourself baking I wouldn't want to start to let that slide in favor of others I would quite like to still have that nice balance between everything else yeah Um, yeah. so I'll I'll maybe I'll I'll, something I need to think about in the future I do have and there is definitely a couple of people at the running club that 
got those their um separate Instagrams dedicated to their running and it's great to see how they're tracking the progress and their achievements on that and yeah then gives you an idea of what you can work up to um as well and it puts face it puts names to faces that you'll start to see as as you start to do more and more events and you'll you have a lot more events at easy reach to you round about the Glasgow and greater region um and that's where now we'll, we'll cover we'll cover half marathons but yeah these 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 people you, you put you put names to faces because you'll see them at all these events and mm-hmm. it becomes a, a, a massive community but at the same time it's such a such a tight-knit community and they'll all cheer you on when when they see you um but half marathons have you got any in mind that you you want to target and work towards or or maybe just test the waters see how you feel start increasing the distance and maybe then say let's do the Scott the great Scottish run half marathon next year or would you want to accelerate that and say even March next year the Inverness half marathon which is a PB course a very fast course mm-hmm. I think for me to begin with test the wars and see how I get on so <clears throat> with with the front runners they have Thursday club meetup which is where they do their five seven and a half and various versions of the 10ks mm-hmm. um and then on a Sunday morning, they tend to do a five, a seven and a half. And then they tend to do a longer run on a Sunday morning. So they'll sometimes do a 15K or a 20K. So I think, um, and then on a Tuesday night is when they do like their coaching sessions where they'll do sprints or hill training. session night, yes, yes. Um, so I think I would probably want to test the waters with the Sunday session, see how I'd get on, on their 15K runs, um, mm. because that's just building up incrementally from um from the 10k um that I'm doing at the moment and see how I get on with with that so I think that's how I, the plan of attack I would probably take with that um yeah. that's a good approach so you, you you've de- you certainly you've, you've thought about running a lot by the sounds of it you, you've given it you've given it some some good consideration and certainly from seeing your race photos you've got a very good posture for running um uh, and just generally, generally the form you have, it's, it's it's like it's almost like the perfect. Now to see your foot strides as well, that'd be amazing to see your foot strides. But I think you've certainly given given it the time and respect, and now it's all coming into uh, you put it, you're putting it all into practice. Yeah, um, I, that was one of the first things um, when I joined the frontrunners. They did a intro to coaching session where come along and they would just do some drills with you they would talk to you about they would want to observe your technique and get you to try and do sprints and like run in between cones and up you know you know the ladder thing that you put on the floor yes Um, so they had us all doing that as an intro to coaching and uh one of the one of the coaches did say that um they were quite happy with how my form was with running um and that it did seem to have good posture with it so quite quite pleased to hear that um from from the coaches themselves and glad to hear that from you as well I think um the only the only thing I've ever really noticed um in terms of potentially how I run is with my running trainers um whenever I've needed to replace um my trainers I think it's on the I think it's on the right foot kind of at the back by the heel of the left hand side you can see where it's really worn down so clearly I'm I'm landing on that foot in a particular way because that's the only part of the trainer that kind of really wears down 
your heel strikes, but there's, there's products and I, I, I use the product and I'm hopefully going to get them on uh, at some point in the podcast because they, they supported a giveaway we did, but there, there's a trainer armor who do toe protectors and mm-hmm. heel protectors. And it's for people like you are, uh, I've got them as well because sometimes my heel strikes are a little bit heavier and yeah, you work, you wear down one way because your foot, your posture is very good and, you, and your your form is very good, but you're always going to have small tweaks and, and bits yeah. and pieces where you're going to wear them out. Do you, do you only keep the one pair of running shoes at the moment? That was going to be a question for you actually it was running shoe wise. What's, what's your kind of go to, but do you have multiples um, or do you just kind of, are you, are you buying a pair and wearing them out to the point where you feel you need to get another pair? So at the moment, it's the, the latter. <laughs> I, re- I remember Gemma did tell me there was something to do with running trainers that you either have to, they, you replace them after either, I think it was like X amount of months or X amount of runs or miles that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely guilty of well, the one pair at the moment. And when I feel like they're definitely worn out, then I'll replace them, which is probably you should get, a couple of pairs. <laughs> yes, it was, I, w- I would highly recommend it. Again, yeah. I was very similar to, to when I started out, I had one pair and one pair only. And I, I thought, yeah. well, I don't want to invest in more pairs because it's money. And yeah. that from the from the initial perspective, they're, they're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. But then I suppose when you get to the point where I'm at, the, the knowing the amount of miles that I'm going to put into these shoes, I can justify it as a pound per mile kind of uh, yeah. cost analysis. And then I want I try and get as many miles out of them as possible. So save them as much as possible. So get another pair and cycle through. And so maybe on a on a speed session, I'll wear one shoe. On a endurance yeah. session, I'll wear another. So I would highly recommend. And even when the sales are on, it's the best time to do it. Maybe get last year's model than than investing in in, in the latest model, or oh, maybe yeah. get one pair of the latest model that are your your sleek new speed machines, and then get other model older models because they're they're much and such the same there's maybe small uh technological advances that have been taking place in in the dna well, i use a lot of brooks so their cushioning is called the dna um, and yeah. so they make small changes but do, who are you using at the moment um it's a pair from sports direct i don't know the brand um but I definitely should be making use of literally in front of my office. There's a run for it shop, so I should definitely be uh, get in yourself there. in there. Yeah. yeah, go make yeah. friends with Run for It. They're very good. Uh, yeah. the, uh, yes, uh, and and they might even put you on. They might probably put you on the machine as well to see what your gait is and then see what the best shoe is for you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll definitely be making use of that because uh, I can see it already happening on my current trainers that they're starting to wear away <laughs> in, in the heel. So I'm definitely going to need to be paying yes. a visit soon. Well, definitely. And then especially with Endure 24, maybe maybe even look at getting a trail pair of shoes. Now, you probably won't make much use of it because you have that benefit of it's quite a quiet area of Glasgow year and there's not much in the way of traffic. So you're mostly yeah. tarmac. but. Yeah in year 24 these events you can use road shoes at if the weather's good i was yeah. using road shoes at the Loch Ness 24 and it was a slip slide didn't really matter what shoe you had on ultimately because it was that right. boggy but it might be worth looking at maybe getting a, a, a trail shoe as well and then potentially going to, to like pollock park or bella houston park or, or just one of the local parks mm-hmm. and, and doing a little bit of trail running 
Well, interesting you say that because the club does every other Sunday, I think, as they do trail runs as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely, if I'm investing in that, I'll, I would be then making use of the Sunday trail runs as well. Absolutely. Um, I think they do them like around Pollock Country Park, Mugdock Country Park. Um, so I, they, they make use of the parks around the city for that. Grand. I think that's kind of that's kind of naturally come to a close there, but it's all it's it's been really good to see that it's almost like you've fallen into what seems to be a family thing now. Like I run, my brother my brother runs, or so yeah. yeah, both your cousins run, and uh, Gemma is going back getting back into into more um, consistent running after a short break, and, and yeah, you're you're now taking up too. It's 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 all good and. As I say, seeing how quick you are, you're not you're a natural runner, you're a natural athlete. So I don't think I'll be catching you anytime soon. But <laughs> next time you're up, certainly we can go for a run. I just don't think yeah. I'm gonna be catching you. <laughs> no, I was definitely thinking that when I'm home, um definitely catch up and go for a run with, yeah. with either yourself or or with Gemma. I would say Will, but he'll probably just fling on a pair of trainers. <laughs> yeah, with the amount of muscle he has now, I hope, I'm hoping it'll slow him down a little bit. Who, who knows? Maybe the five of us should uh, all enter as a team for injury. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's an idea. That's an idea. Could you imagine that would be? We're we're bad enough when we get together any family family events, let alone getting a a, a public event. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been that's been spot on. I'm I'm definitely certainly for myself. I'm I'll, I'll be watching your your um, continuation and running with uh, with great uh, kind of admiration and support. So. Uh, all the best this weekend. As I say, for everyone listening, it's it's weeks in the past now, but all the best for a great Scottish run this weekend uh, and look forward to seeing the events that come up in the future. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, uh, Stephen. Really appreciate it. You're going to have to listen to at least one episode now. I will. I will. <laughs> you know, add it on to the listen list. Spot on. Thank you once again to Michael for joining me for that conversation. Hopefully he'll be listening and he enjoys everything that he's heard. Maybe Michael, if you are listening, go back and listen to a few of the other episodes throughout the seasons. Otherwise, I am always happy to have you back to find out a little bit more about how your events are going, how training is going and especially how the Endure 24 gets on. As I said in the conversation, hopefully I can get down to either take part or cheer you on and just help make the event a massive success for you. I knew a little bit about the Glasgow Frontrunners before that conversation and purely through having watched Michael's posts over the past number of months. I did see them at the Loch Ness 24. I know I've mentioned it a number of times in this episode. It seems to be a uh, reoccurring theme throughout each season. I've mentioned it a lot, but it's a fantastic event and I enjoyed both my times there so far. But they were in attendance. They were front runners from both Glasgow and some of the other front runner groups out there. So I had some knowledge about who they were and what they do, but it was fantastic to get a little bit more insight into that organization. If you are in the area of a front runner group and you feel that that is a group that you would feel comfortable running with, maybe there are other running groups that you maybe don't feel like you can go to for various reasons and you would feel more comfortable with a front runner group. 
get in contact with them. I'm sure you'd be more than welcome, but uh, they are there for everyone to feel at home, feel comfortable and feel part of a wider running community and a community in general. I'm a little bit conscious that this episode is running a little bit longer than recent episodes have been, so I'm going to try and draw things to a close. Firstly, let's announce who will be joining us in episode seven as our guest. She comes highly recommended not only from Uncle Lee, but from elsewhere within the community, including past guests, as well as being someone that I can't wait to share a little bit more about. I have run with her a couple of times in the past, either at events or with a one-on-one session while she was up visiting family. There was a lot about this guest's story that I wasn't aware of. Usually I'll go through Instagram, find out about my guests, but I'll also know a bit about them anyway through following their journeys. In this instance, Uncle Lee came to the rescue. He wrote a bio about them because they weren't entirely sure how to write the bio themselves. They're very, very humble with their achievements. But as I say, they're absolutely smashing all the events that they're doing just now. And it was great to be able to discuss certain obstacles and hurdles that they've overcome to get to the point they're at now. Enough beating around the bush, however. I will be joined by the ever amazing Sarah Homer for episode seven, better known as Sarah underscore runs. Like with all my guests so far this season, I had a blast chatting away to Sarah. I think more so because I know her in person, very much like Hannah and Michael. Anyone I know, it's a little bit easier to talk to them and there's less rigidity, but I Really can't wait to share her story with you all and find out what you guys think. For the fans of the hour mark, I do apologise. I'm going to draw a line under the episode at this point and just cover where you can find the good stuff, where you can get involved, where you can get in contact, etc. First and foremost, if you want to follow the podcast, the best way to do so is over on Instagram. Everything we do is under the same handle and that is, of course, the Point 99 podcast. So you can get us on Instagram where you can comment on any of the posts. You can drop into the DMs and just get involved that way. Answer the story questions, etc. If you're over on Instagram, you can also catch my personal feed at Mr. Underscore Steve underscore runs. I am using that a lot more than I use the podcast page. I maybe should be using the podcast page a little bit more, but that will come. It's just a big job as a solo host. If you are interested in finding out a little bit more about the podcast, you can head on over to our website, the usual www.thepoint99podcast.com. You can find out all about the podcast, all about me, your host. You can listen to episodes. You can get links to episodes on Spotify, links to the merchandise, all the good stuff. And again, you can get in contact with us there. If none of that is your bag, you can drop us an email at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com or alternatively head on over to Facebook, search The Point 99 Podcast in the search bar there and you will find us. 
It's a little bit of repetition between Facebook and Instagram, but it really covers all bases. I know there's a lot of people who don't like Facebook and use Instagram. And alternatively, there are people who don't like Instagram who are on Facebook. So it gives you avenues to follow the podcast. Otherwise, that's about it. If you are on your favorite podcast listening platform of choice, please consider dropping us a rating, dropping us a review. It does help a lot to get the podcast out there to a wider audience. But no matter what you get up to this weekend or the coming week ahead, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will hear from me soon.